Ron Friedman has absolutely destroyed Quota, first as a BDR and now con executive at SciSense. This episode is a master class in tonality and mirroring on the phone. How do you establish yourself as an expert on the phone and win trust? Additionally, we go into the importance of not being paralyzed by research and building out email sequences at mass targeting specific verticals. One, two, three, boom. Okay, Ron, so every show we start with is our three top tips. What are yours? All right, so my top three tips are first, master your volume, master your voice. So that includes tonality, volume, silence, and rhythm. Those for a BDR are like kicks, punches, wrestling, and grappling for a martial artist. Um, knowing how and when to leverage them is what differentiates top performers from average ones. Second is be a follow-up machine. Calendar reminders, Salesforce reminders, sticky notes, Excel sheets with uh, color coding, whatever works for you, just do it and make sure to squeeze the juice for every lead that you worked so hard to bring in. Number three will be Learn that knowing how to disqualify can be just important as knowing how to qualify. And I'll elaborate. Besides helping you gain reputation among the sales department, being that person that brings only the good stuff in, um, it will also help you to focus your valuable time and attention on the leads that are really worth it. So it really has like a double advantage to it. Incredible. Incredible. So let's start out with this. The voice, the tonality. Now, you know, mm-hmm. we've probably heard that body language is like 80% of mm-hmm. the communication. And yet on the phone, there's really no body language. People can't sense your body language. So I've heard this before that tonality is so important because they can't see your body. They can only hear your tonality. So can you go into a little bit of you know, what specific tonality works and mm-hmm. how do you build that tonality and rhythm and silence you mentioned. Can Mm -hmm. you speak about how do you actually build those skills up? Sure. So when I started my BDR journey, I looked on YouTube and then searched the web for some just tips and best practices and so on, uh, because I felt I could do much better. Matter of fact, in my first ever position doing a BDR as a student position before Sysense, I was an average performer. Not one of the best, not one of the worst, and I felt I could do so much better. So I started searching and so on, and I ended up looking at videos from The Wolf of Wall Street. Not just the, the movie, the, actually the person behind it. Um, now, while he kind of leveraged his sales skills to do harm to people, at least at the beginning, you can't take it away from the guy that he was really probably one of the best ever when it comes to cold calls. Jordan Belfort, by the way. It's the name of the real guy. And he has some really good uh, collateral online about how to do cold calls, how to do follow-ups and so on. Highly recommend everyone in sales uh, to look up his his, uh, methodologies. And one of the things uh, that I took instantly, and I think they're super powerful, is actually the fundamentals of how to cold call. Without getting into the actual pitch or even about how to write one, he's getting into the three fundamentals, which are enthusiasm, coherence, and authority. I'll elaborate. Being, being enthusiastic on the phone 
it's important because you want to project that this is not just a call center for, um, I don't know, some, some random scam online or something. You don't want to project to the other person uh, on the other side of the line that you're just bored, you hate your life, you hate your job. If you do, by the way, just stop right there and, and don't do BDR work, don't do calls, go do something else because if you don't love what you do, you don't have a passion for it, you're going to be bad at it no matter how many podcasts you listen to. Have a passion, develop that passion. Uh, and, and that's the best place to, to start with. So you want your enthusiasm to be uh, felt even through the phone. Even as you said, when you can't really project that through body language, people can hear it. And when they're hearing somebody who's happy, it makes them want to speak with you or at least hear what, what are you so happy about? Because maybe you don't want to be a little bit happier like you. It, need, it needs to be subtle because you can't just, hey, Alex, it's Ron from ABCD. Yeah, exactly. You don't, don't want to make it sound fake. Have some, have some, you know, uh, uh, subtlety in it, but you definitely want to hear like you're, you're fun. You, you want to, you want to speak to the, to the other person. Nobody's holding a gun against your point and making you do that call. You're there because you want to do it. Second point was coherence. Um, coherence, I think Jordan Belfort specifically calls it being sharp as a tack. You want every one of your words to be on point, to talk about something that it would lead to a certain logic or a reasoning. Talking all over and blabbering is disrespectful for the other person. Um, you really think about it when you're doing a cold call to, to a person, you're basically penetrating their world. You're interrupting them with something. People are busy, especially the people we tend to call to as in, yep. in business development, right? They're vice presidents of companies, C-levels in companies and so on. So be respectful and just talk to the point. Um, and when you do it, make sure you're it's easy to understand you. And the last point was being a figure of authority. Um, what does that mean? It means that when you're doing those calls and, and people are listening to you, you already got their attention, make sure to project that you know what you're talking about. And it's not like you're just reading off a script. Even if you are reading from a script, know how to play with your tonality in a sense that you will actually project that you know what you're talking about. It's very hard to master all of them. And I think naturally, all of us come out of the box with maybe one of them, which is already stronger than the other. So some people might be naturally more enthusiastic than they are coherent. Maybe, maybe English is not their first language. Some people just sound authoritative, even though they have no idea what they're talking about. I worked with some of those people. It's, it's amazing. You can hear, you can give them the phone. And even though they just learned about the product two hours ago, they will know how to project authority even when you, they don't know the product or what they're talking about at all. Uh, so a good mixture or trying to actively master all three of those fundamentals will essentially make you a better BDR uh, and, and it really serves as the infrastructure for BDR work. So I, I, want, I want to deep dive. On, first, first of all, I just, I'm so grateful you brought up Jordan. And we're not going to talk about quails and we're not going to talk about uh, any, <laughs> any of that approach to it, even though that's... You know, that's not going to make you very coherent. It may make you have <laughs> no. great ideas, but it's not going to be a good coherent. Uh, and we're not going to talk about the importance of drug use for BDR work. That is not going to be nope. this podcast. <laughs> that is not going to be discussed. It's going to be a different podcast. But, uh, you know, I, I think that the idea of this enthusiasm, can we jump in to uncover this point a little bit? Because I hear, I love when people call, call me. I used to be a CEO of my own company in San Francisco, so I used to have people call, call me a lot. And you just love this process of a lot of it is just too excited. Like, hey, Alex, how's your day? Mm -hmm. And like, whoa, 
like it's a little too much here like i like you're not that my friend you're not gonna be so excited to talk to me this feels really fake so can you talk a little bit or maybe even better give us an example of an enthusiastic voice that actually sounds authentic yeah okay i'll i'll try to get into get into my bdr character so yeah that's where uh, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it will probably be something along the lines of uh hey alex it's ron from sisense uh you got a minute cool okay so talk to tell, break that down for me like what is that what's going on there i think from a physical perspective if i'm trying to be very self-conscious i think I'm, I'm first of all making sure that i'm feeling comfortable how i sit some people like to put their feet up lean backwards some people like to stand up when they're doing cold calls and second is maybe taking enough air in so you have that air to spare when you're opening your pitch i don't know if i'm making sense even you know some some people uh, we tend to chase them so-called for like maybe a few days maybe a week even until we really get a chance to talk with them so in many cases i think the enthusiasm at least should come naturally because hey i actually finally got a chance to speak with that alex guy that i'm you know chasing for the past week and he never answers so now he answers so it's legit enthusiasm it also can can happen you know it, it it's, it's funny it just reminds me of a call call i did like a week and a half ago and, and it's i think the, the wrong extreme where i tried this person with a c-suite of a senior care facility uh facilities and i tried to like Maybe I gave him like, gave him like eight, nine call, nine early call calls, and he's already at the like end of my sequence, and he actually picked up this time. And mm -hmm. says, you know, says I'm like, hi, it's Chris. I'm like, Chris! <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so shocked that he actually picked up that it actually was, I was way too, like, <laughs> it's like literally like seeing your lost love appear before you in a dream. It's like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, I can't, we've been waiting for you for so long. So th there is that kind of salty here of like, like we are, I love how you point out, like it is normal for us to actually be generally excited to talk to these people because we've actually been, we know a lot about them. We've probably reached out a few times. This is like a pretty good accomplishment just getting exactly. this guy on the phone. So like, yeah, I would sure. like to talk to you. For sure, for sure, for sure, absolutely. And, and then the other thing about like, you know, putting your feet up and being relaxed, right? Mm -hmm. So are we talking about, is it, it's not, like you're talking to a friend necessarily, right? Or is that the approach that you're trying to visualize this person as almost as a friend that you're, are you trying to come as a consultant? Are you trying to, yeah, I've heard people speak about very rough, like a CEO talks very like topless, very like practical, like, hi, John, it's Alex. Like that, that's kind of, what's your, what's your take on that tonality? So it's a good point. So this is exactly where the, the gentle art of mi mirroring uh, comes in play. And it's also, by the way, something that Jordan Belfort uh, uh, points out in, in uh, some of his videos. Um, let's take an example of, of a cold call that doesn't end after five seconds, right? One of those calls that, that have a few minutes in there, maybe 15 minutes even. You get into a conversation with a person and it's more about the actual persona than it is about their position or title because you can end up speaking in your career maybe with the ceo of uh, verizon for example or i don't know uh, some really top executive on a global leader on a global uh, level and they might be the, the friendliest people ever and actually i don't know you maybe caught them in a really good day so they might just want to spend time with you and on the other hand i've seen cases where you saw uh, i don't know a uh, um, junior employee at a 
I don't know, a relatively small startup that really feels like, you know, they could be rude to you and they want you to be super short, might, might even be interrupting you through the call. So don't mind the, the title as much as you mind and, and are conscious to the actual persona. And where does mirroring come in play? If you feel that vibe from the person that he's okay speaking with you and he's maybe laughing a little bit, laugh yourself. If he's cursing, curse yourself. Not yourself, I mean, just use, use some swear language if, if he brought it up first. Just to, to chip in on his kind of energy. Because if you have the same type of energy, there's synergy. And then the conversation tends to be more fruitful and powerful. And, and what happens, though, say, if, if their energy is, like, I'm not that interested, it's like, okay, I'm giving you the time. So do you also mirror that kind of slower pace? Or, you know, what does, what does a mirroring actually sound like on the phone for you? So, for example, if I'm, if I'm giving a call to a person that I've been chasing for, I don't know, a few days, and suddenly he picks up, and instantly I hear some background noise. I hear maybe a beep in the background. I can already assume that he's driving. So even before, even without asking the person, hey, are you driving by any chance? I, can, I will instantly say, hey, Alex, listen, I... I I can hear that you're driving, uh, so I'll try to keep it short. Basically, the reason I'm calling. So they know that I'm respectful of their time and I'm, I'm being short without them even, even asking me because I understand the context. Again, I penetrated their world. I caught them at a bad time, but they still picked up the phone. So just be mindful of that and, and talk. And if they are very cheerful and they want to do some small talk, oh, where are you dialing in from? Tel Aviv? Yeah, so we, let's talk about Tel Aviv for a second. Why not? Let's talk about whatever uh, london for a second and my experience and my favorite beer uh brewed in in london maybe uh, just this kind of uh, subtleties see and and that's the mirroring piece that you're basically picking up how comfortable they are with you or how you know how tough or how rough they may be yeah it's it's trying to mirror their energy with my tonality, voice, and, and my mannerism, the way I speak. Um, so if I feel like they're short on words, they're giving me short answers, or if they're very, being very cheerful and elaborative and so on, I will know how to mirror and match that type of energy to the conversation. Being short on words versus being very elaborative. Um, asking a lot of questions versus minimizing to the absolute fundamentals of what I want to reach to get from them. So many of us who are going to the BDR space have a script that they're following. Mm -hmm. So how do you mirror when you have a script? Right? How do you, how do you deal with you know, it? You know, with SciSense, when you were starting out, did you have a script that you were following or were there kind of bullet points and then you would go into, okay, I see this person is in a rush. So let me mm -hmm. go straight to the value proposition. Let me not even ask for permission. Like, how would that be taught? How does mirroring work when you have a script? It's a really good question. So scripts are very important, and I highly encourage all reps out there to start their, their life as, as, as reps with a script. But scripts have a lifespan, and they have a, a, a date where they will start to be less and less relevant. What do I mean by that? When you join a company, you know nothing about the product. You, you feel naturally a little bit insecure. You, don't, you do a lot of research and so on, and you have your script. 
after reading it for a hundred times, you basically know the fundamentals of it. So the script naturally minimizes whether you like it or not to bullet points. And at that point, I encourage reps to be cognizant of that and know how to physically minimize their script to bullet points. And after 1,000 calls, those bullet points are no longer necessary because you know everything by heart at, at this point and you know how to pick and choose the relevant part to the type of call that you're having with the person. Ah. So over time, you just find scripts naturally becoming shorter and shorter and shorter and minimizing it until the very essence and until they're, they're, they disappear or until you write something completely different. Awesome. And then would you be comfortable then, let's, let's, if we would role play with me, being one of those individuals and just, I want to just, uh, I love the listeners to kind of hear how you apply all the things that you mentioned to a typical call. Right. And I'll, you know, again, we've, we haven't practiced this. So this is going to be like take, jumping out of an airplane with a kind of a parachute. We'll find out how it goes, but sure. this is, this is really, I want to highlight these three points, which is this enthusiasm, uh, the being coherent and being an authority. Now again, I, I'm going to pretend that I'm a, you know, a VP of, of you know, sales or what, what would be marketing? VP of product, let's say. VP of product. Eh? And then I'm going to get, let's, we're going to just assume that we're getting to an actual, some, you know, I get a phone call from you and let's just see how this conversation is going to work out. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm giving you a heads up. I'm going to do something in the beginning that is a bit, that kind of counters what I said before. Let's do it first, the, 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 the call called practice, and I'll elaborate about why I did it afterwards. Yeah, I want, I want all the listeners to just understand we're, we're really just giving you the exact, we're trying to give you a script here of what actually is happening. Not like a theory, but actually what happens in an actual call. So people can be, should be listening for enthusiasm, being coherent, and being an authority figure. And then we can actually break down, hopefully, in, in, in three or four minutes afterwards, well, actually, what did Ron do? Like, why did he do what he did? And I'll just mm -hmm. see how it goes, okay? So let's, let's, let's just see, okay? Sure. So pick up the phone. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's Alex. Hey, Alex. It's Ron from SciSense. Hope this is a good time. Uh, I'm sorry, who is this? Ron from SciSense. We're actually a data analytics software company. I know that you work as a VP of product at alex.com. Am I correct? Uh, okay, yes. Yes. I see. Um, I had a look at your website and I noticed that you guys uh, provide some sort of dashboards and analytics to your customers. Uh, am I on track? Uh, we do, but w w what is this call about? I'll get straight into it, Alex. Um, so I basically noticed that you guys provide those reporting and analytics, and I wanted to ask you if it's something that you plan to enhance in your product, maybe during this year or next year. The reason I'm asking is that companies similar to yours, uh, such as Danny.com and BB.com, uh, they actually use our data analytics software to embed dynamic analytics into their own products and platforms uh, to provide insights to their customers. So my question is, do you plan to enhance your client-facing analytics during the next year? Look, I mean, we've been thinking about it. Uh, we've been thinking about it, but not sure if that's our top priority right now. Um, We've been considering it. Interesting. So let me ask you this. Is that something that you developed in-house or did you purchase it from an external vendor, for example? 
well, we we purchased you know, we just you know we're early stage startups, so we try to purchase things outside. You know, if I, if we can, yeah, it's purchased out uh, out of the house. I see. Um, and I'm going to ask you a funny question. Let's say from one to ten, how satisfied are you with the current solution that you have? Man, look, it's been doing okay. It's been doing a, a decent job. So I think a five, it's been fine. A five? Five or okay. six. So what are the missing five points, basically? How would the, the BI tool of your dreams look like? X, Y, and Z would be helpful. Perfect. So it just happened to be that Sysense actually ticks those boxes. And this is the reason one of your main competitors actually uses us. And look, I can talk about Sysense for two hours now about all of the wonderful things that it does, but I actually want you to see it in action. Um, and this is why I thought it would probably make sense uh, to put some time on the calendar next week um, and show you our product and kind of do a product demonstration. Look, I'm, I'm very busy. Could you just send me information and I'll look it over? I can always send you information, Alex, uh, but to, com- to be completely honest, I have a bunch of collateral and I just want to make sure that I'm showing you the right stuff. And honestly, it might very well be that just going through that collateral will take you more time than a product demonstration. So if you could just pin maybe 30 minutes on the calendar next week, I'll make sure to make it super concise so you and your team won't waste any time. Would that be completely impossible? Okay, let's pause. Cool. All right, awesome. All right, woo, let's come back out of there. Okay, so all right, can you walk us through what we did there? Can you just take us a little bit, let's go step by step a little bit what happened there? Sure. And just give us, give us a little sense of what you were using in each step of the way and why. Sure. So I'll start with my secret sauce. Oh, you guys, guys probably... That's it. The secret <laughs> sauce is coming out. The exactly. is coming out. What, what is the secret sauce? So those of, those of you who mentioned or who, or who noticed, um, I started the call by being very not coherent and basically being vague. And that was on purpose. The way I started the call was, hey, Alex, it's run from Science and Solve. This is a good time. Why did I do that? Especially when it, when it basically contradicts everything that I said so far. What I want to basically provoke is one simple answer. Who from where? And when I'm vague on purpose, like I just did, I'm getting those people on the other side of the line ask me who from where. And that basically gives me permission to speak because I'm no longer just intruding their day. They actually asked me to speak now. And this gives me a window of opportunity where I can pitch naturally and comfortably without feeling like I have a neck on uh, a sword uh, uh, threatening my neck, basically. Mm. Okay, cool. So you had that like a little bit of a buy-in from that customer. Like it's a little bit, it's a version of a contract almost of him asking, like, I want to know who you are because you're still not clear. Exactly. And then the next stage. So now you give your value prop, right? Not exactly. The next stage is something also Jordan Belfort calls micro agreements. I basically asked you a bunch of questions that I already knew the answer to. 
Alex, are you the VP of product of Alex.com? Yeah. Of course you are, because I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile as we speak on the website, a part of the view that we talked about earlier. So I know that you're the VP okay. of product. What did I want yes, to do? I'm saying do? yes, okay, yep. Exactly, you said yes. Then I asked you another question. Um, I noticed that you guys show whatever on your product. Uh, did I get that correctly? Of course I got it correctly because I see it on your website. And you yep. say yes. I can ask a few dumb questions, so-called, uh, uh, in the same manner, just asking you if, if you're, lo you're located in London, right? Yes, I could see that in, London, in, in LinkedIn as well. Basically, the, the psychology behind it is that you're getting, it, you're getting your prospect into a yes mentality. And it's harder to say no after you already said three or four times yes. And it works like a charm. So those people who are individuals who love Chris Voss, and uh, there is split a difference. He'd be like, he'd be the approach of getting a person to the no, right? So, but uh, Jordan Belfort is this priming people to say like, yes, 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 and then the fifth yes is going to be, yeah. So this this is great. So we're we're getting the Jordan Belfort Bible here. We'll get the split uh -huh. the difference. Maybe then go to the no <laughs> approach so also with. So yep. what you brought up is absolutely gold and something that I actually wanted to talk about. So I, 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 to be honest, I only discovered Chris Voss lately. I have his book now, still haven't uh, started reading it, but I did see some videos of him and stuff. And one of the things that immediately popped up was the power of no or always yeah. go for the no. And I thought, wait, this is super you know, contradictory to what Jordan says. And I thought, how can I basically leverage both of them, the power of no and the power of yes in one pitch? And if you noticed, I did use going for the no at the very end of our call where yeah, I told you, my appointment. I asked you, Alex, would it be completely impossible meeting up yeah. next week? Yeah, that was it. I saw that. That was, that was, the, that was a smooth move. You exactly. See, that, that was not a joke. <laughs> I, I want people to understand. You thought <laughs> that I already knew what he was doing there. And you thought it was just playing games. He was not playing games. He specifically designed the question in a negative sense, right? To be able mm -hmm. to like, mm, no, it's fine. I, mean, I got to say, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. I mean, yes, I'll be with you. <laughs> Ron, will you give us tremendous gifts for everybody in the community? Is there a way that we can reciprocate, give something back? Is there any message or call to action that you have for those people who are listening? BDR is fun. If you, if you know... If you know to have the right mentality um, and you have a good team, which is also a super important part, uh, just as long as it's fun and as long as you keep making it fun, you will, it will really seriously affect your, your uh, uh, productivity and success. Just make it fun. BDR, fun is, being, fun is a major part of, of being a good BDR. Amazing. Amazing brother, all around. Thank you so much, Chief. Thank you for your help. <laughs> for sure, man. Thank you for inviting me. These are top three takeaways with our conversation with Ron Friedman. Number one, when setting up an email sequence, make sure that it's industry specific. Don't get research paralysis analysis. Identify the type of industry you're targeting and make sure that the sequence includes the general competitors your individual prospects would have. Number two, make sure that you sound like an authority. Individuals respect you when you sound like an authority. Do that by using industry terms to come off as an expert in the industry. And lastly, be enthusiastic. <laughs> You've been looking to get in touch with this prospect maybe six, 
seven, eight times already with phone calls and emails. This is a great celebration that you're finally having a chance to have a conversation. Don't be overly enthusiastic where it sounds a little strange, but show your enthusiasm that you're happy to have this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode today, very simple. Just reach out on LinkedIn, send me a message saying what you liked, what resonates, or what other future topics you want to make sure we cover on the Sales Lift Podcast, Talkless Sales.